So I put out the call for people to help me bring a board game library to my school. And it funded and overfunded within four hours Seems of like the minutes. first day. Yeah. Just because um, all of you are such fantastic listeners. And Jeremy from Metagames gave us a fantastic deal. Another associate we made through this podcast. Yeah. So it's really nice to know that even though I am just a drunk man shouting into the void of the internet... Uh, with my friends, right. that uh, there is some tangible good that comes out of it. And that is because of all of you. Um, so thank you very much for your generosity, and it's going to make a lot of little kids happy. Hey, everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix 6, and it's... Cold and flu season. It's terrible. Your ears are sick, and you need to put this hot, brothy audio soup in. Oh my god! Cure. Not a good intro. Not a good hot brothy <laughs> audio <laughs> soup. That's the name of the episode. A, <laughs> B. After you type it, we never use that phrase again. Also, okay. uh, you say it's terrible now, but it's supposed to snow like later. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. So like. Sounds like we might need some hot brothy audio. Too. Stop <laughs> saying it. You made a mistake. You can still correct it. My sinuses are just filling up. And My... It's it's 2019. If we've learned anything, it's that once you make a mistake, never admit it and run it into the ground. God. That is actually true. That is an excellent point. <laughs> I wish we had just a running poll of things. And I would ask, is that the worst phrase you've heard? Because it is up there. It's at least top five. Moist. You would, you would skew that survey. The answers would be like, yes. Definitely yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Probably. Like, probably the, mostly yes. How about this moist <laughs> mucus? Is that worse? Oh no, I don't. No, it's not worse. Okay. No, that's fine. All right. I mean, it's not good. It's not <laughs> hot brothy audio soup. <laughs> Honestly, when you said brothy, I got a little disgusted. <laughs> audio soup. It it had an exponential effect on the word brothy, and mm -hmm. in that way, they were partners in crime. It's like a failed MTV or MTV or VH1 segment between like and an yeah. initial between like the shows. late one that's in on after 120 minutes, but before Ion yeah. Flux comes exactly. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kennedy's on there, just like, <laughs> "Hey, what's up? It's hot brothy audio soup." <laughs> wow, God, just saying it. <laughs> they it, cut the feed. Yeah. It just goes to an American. Does audio slave serve you audio soup? Ugh, no one <laughs> serves you audio soup. I want to be. We are not audio soup servers. <laughs> I hate you so much right now. I just look. I can't do the same thing every time. We've been at it for years now. I gotta mix it up, and not, not all the ideas no. are gonna land. No, you have to stir it up like hot brothy audio <laughs> soup. I'll leave. Like I'll straight <laughs> up leave. Honestly, this whole thing's about a medium for me most of the time anyways, and then you assholes are going to say hot brothy audio soup and the whole bottom falls All out. right, let's just let's just move forward. We got a we got a pre-party or No, we're not do I mean at this point you're back from Metatopia. Yeah. Ross went to Chicago. There was no Patreon anyways. Um I don't think we have I mean at this point like we're we're looking at origins in the distance and just waiting for the time where we get to go back to that fucking lounge. That's yeah. what we're doing at this oh, point. Oh god, that lounge was so good. We are just waiting. I'm not going to tell you what name it was cuz it was so great. No, cuz y'all can't be there. <laughs> you can't ruin the lounge. We tried to take Ross to the lounge one night and it was too busy and I cried in the corner for a minute. Yep. Anyways, uh, if you've not listened to the Mix 6 podcast before, we're about to have six conversations, and at the beginning of each one of those conversations, we're going to open and try a brand new beer that we've not yet tried on this podcast. We'll rate that beer on a five-point scale, and that five-point scale changes from episode to episode. This week, Caleb has our five-point scale, so we are rating our beers based on... 
pumpkin flavoring. Okay. Tis the season for everything to be Uses flavored. Uses of pumpkin flavoring. Yes. Right? Yes. To be specific? Yeah. Okay, Not great. pumpkins. Right. They, they don't have a choice. No, pumpkins are great. They're naturally pumpkin flavored. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not their fault. Uh, but things that are not naturally pumpkin flavored and are trying it on. Yeah, totally. That's 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 what we're rating. I love this. So we're going to start with a one, which is the worst beer you've ever had. We're going to end up on a five, which is the best beer you've ever had. So Caleb, what is the worst version of pumpkin flavoring? Salsa. Yeah, pumpkin salsa is not great. It's a it's a real thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And it, it's, it's a crime against God, man, and at least two have food groups. Have you tried it? Why would I? Why? Why? It might be good. Why? I mean, someone in a business. You like is. Malort. Shut up. I don't like You don't Malort. have an opinion eh, anymore. I don't like you it. You seemed to enjoy it. I enjoyed your suffering. That's different. That, that is the most on-brand thing. If you could get one tattoo, it would be, I enjoyed your suffering. That's different. Just right there, right above your butt, man. Just like right There's on not the... Me, yeah. I'm not a sadist. I just... It's great content, and I love the content. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Caleb, what's number two? Any alcohol besides beer. Yes. So like pumpkin vodka. No. Pumpkin moonshine. No. Pumpkin moonshine. No. Pumpkin liqueurs. Uh, pumpkin yep. nog. Yeah. Ugh. As if That's nog. That's the worst. Yeah. As if nog got worse. Yeah. Right. So any any alcohol besides beer. <laughs> it's too brothy. Uh, it's far too brothy. Um, three is going to be your basic pumpkin spice latte in many ways. It's fine. It's, it's good. Honestly. It's not it's, actually pumpkin flavored. I mean, they use fall spices, but it's not really. Like, okay, Ross. All right. That's <laughs> well, what we're going to do here. We're gonna talk, you, know what's I mean, also, you know what's also not turned into salsa? Pumpkins. Right. Uh, yeah. That's... that's. See, I would have gotten one. We're not to- going by like gustatory agricultural reality here, man. Like... <laughs> This is this is the world of American food production, which is completely divorced from parsing any form of like what grew in the ground. Okay, it's right. a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> uh, so four is going to be a pumpkin beer. It's only a four because some are not good, right? Uh, That's right. But many of them are. It's just such a it, pumpkin flavored beers are such a weird thing um, that it seems like there's a, an upper echelon that are just great and it's small. Yeah. And then there's a gap and there's a bunch of things that are okay. And then there's some really fucking bad. Yeah. It's really on a bell curve. Yeah. But man, it totally the, is. the top end of that bell so curve good. is delicious. So fucking good. Uh, and then a five, which is OG and the king for a reason. Pumpkin pie. It's just good. Pumpkin pie is delicious. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you here because I think history is on your side. I'm just not a huge pie guy. So for me, it's like, yeah, okay. And pumpkin pie is fine pie. And uh, and frankly, me interjecting a hot take into your rating system is only going to pollute this well. So I'm going to go with it. Yeah. You're right. That's a five. I mean, if people look at me and like, that guy? Do you have a He likes pie. If it was yours, uh, Spencer, would it, would you have a different five for pumpkin well, flavoring uh, I, I think that Caleb's abstraction to pumpkin beers as a uh-huh. whole category oh, is okay. what changes things. If it were just Schlafly pumpkin ale, regardless of what I think of the Schlafly, uh, okay. yeah. it would be a five. Schlafly sure. pumpkin oh, yeah. ale is we, that has been nigh perfect. No, yeah. yeah, and it's a drag down there you go. by other pumpkin yeah, No, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that note, we're going to grab a couple beers, six to be exact. Uh, we're going to start with one, and we'll be right back. Our first segment, Dissecting Our Fun, where we'll talk about a new board game that we've absolutely loved, Fantastic Factories. Hey, 
Spencer, what are you drinking? So this is from Three Floyds Brewing, who of course makes Zombie Dust, one of our favorite beers of all the time. Uh, this is the Gumball Head, which is a wheat beer from Three Floyds. And if I remember correctly, at Gen Con two years ago, we and a large group of mixed six folks attempted to sit in a bar long enough to blow their keg of Gumball Head. Actively tried. <laughs> so that they would plug in the next Three Floyds keg they had, which happened to be Zombie Dust. And we realized that we could not climb this mountain, so we gave up and moved along. So it's been a couple years since I've had Gumball Head. I asked her to bring to me a again. carafe of beer, and she refused. Yeah, what the fuck, And man? I still tipped, which I deserve credit for, because I was tempted not to. I emptied the flowers out of that vase and everything. Wow. I was doing my best, and she just refused to cooperate. I'm still very annoyed about it. Yeah. So that it, it it's called a wheat beer. I know that because I'm reading it on the can. Mm-hmm. Um, it distinctly has a pale ale quality to it, though. Hmm. Um, so it's certainly a hoppy wheat beer. Um, From what more, I read, I remember it's supposed to have like some lemony flavor in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting a ton of lemon. Also, we drank Malort before this, so I'm not getting a ton of anything uh, <laughs> except for like reflux and shame. <laughs> um, and I don't think that's the reflux of head. shame. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't mind that beer. I mean, I'll probably finish that. Um, it's a, it's probably a three for yeah, me. It, yeah, it's not. It's something I would try and blow a keg of so they would put I like zombie the dust out. Totally. The yeah. label's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a very nice label. It, it is yeah. the pumpkin spice latte of beer, I suppose. It's totally So normal. here's the thing, that, and this might be a general rule for this podcast, and back me up with this. Okay. If it's a bad label, yeah. it's rarely a good beer. Yeah. I think but if it's a good label... You have no idea whether it's going to be a good total coin flip. Yeah, total. Like a good label should not put you at ease. It could still be trash, but I've never seen like a terrible label end up being like, oh, that's a hard five. No, I think there's something to that. Now, uh, here is a rule that I would be willing to test. If it is in a bespoke brown bottle, uh, good beer. More often than not, you're it, like those uh, sweet waters, the uh, oh, like the thick lipped ones, yes, yeah, a thick lipped brown bobble, yeah. uh, the creaky bones, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. stuff from Firestone Walker, got the cork in it, yeah, the cork totally. and the wire, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. If you're gonna put the time haven't into had a that, bad one of those yet, yeah, no, definitely, that'd be an interesting experiment. Mm-hmm. Try to tie together all of the fucking beer in weird ways, mm-hmm. data points that don't matter at all. Bill is just furiously typing at home, right yeah, now. yeah, like, getting pictures of bottles, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, we're into Dissecting Our Fun, which is the first segment of every episode where we talk about board games. Uh, this time we're reviewing, talking about a recent addition to your library and a recent just groundbreaker on Kickstarter. I mean, that thing fucking went for Deservedly it. so, too. Absolutely. Fantastic Factories by Joseph Chen, yeah. who is a member of the wonderful Seattle game group, like the folks at Flat Out Games who and Emma Larkins. Who are like turning into the fucking lost generation of yeah. goddamn board game designers. It's getting really ridiculous. Are. So we played Fantastic Factories. I can't wait for them to start having sword fights in the streets and getting all dramatic about it. One of them's going to write a book at some like bespoke hotel later, and it will be <laughs> the diary for board games for the yeah. rest of our lives. Um, we played this on Saturday as part of the wrap-up in our 52 and 52 campaign. Uh, I think that you and Sarah backed this on Kickstarter and got your copy yes. in. Um, and it is, at a high level, a dice-drafting tableau-building card game. Caleb, you've played it more than I have. You want to explain the mechanic? So Fantastic Factories has this lovely uh, iconography art style. Uh, You are building factories that build products. That's literally it. They're Mm -hmm. just tiny crates. That's it. In order to build those products, you have metal and you have power. And Mm -hmm. those are your only two resources, really. So you're going to put out a market of these different 
uh, factory buildings. You also put out this market of these different workers that can go into your factory. And then on your turn, you are going to either draft a factory building. Right. Or each card has one of four symbols in it. Yeah. Or you're going to sack one of your factory cards in your hand with a matching symbol. Right. To get one of the workers up top. And you have little symbols so that's always four. You always have one worker of each type. Yeah. And if you get the worker, they instantly are discarded, but you instantly get that effect. Um, then when it's your turn, it goes simultaneous turns. Love it. You're going to have to pay the activation cost for whatever building you want to go, which will be in metal, uh, power, or those symbols again, because yep. sacking a card with that symbol on it is also necessary if it's in your cost. And then that factory will have some sort of power. You can use your powers once every turn. Um, and it's about building up this engine that'll be like, oh, okay, so I've got this power plant and it will it will turn my dice into energy more efficiently than the basic energy action on my tableau. Right. So I'm going to dump a die in there, turn that into energy. Now I've got this battery factory and I'm going to turn four of those energy into a product. And then I'm going to, and it's very much about stacking things on top. Yeah. Or you can blow beacons and monuments that are good for victory points at the end, but yep. don't do anything in your tableau. First person to 12 products yep. or the first person to 10 complete buildings triggers the end game. You go around one more time. And then you just score up products for points. And it's super easy. The iconography is brilliantly it's clear. wonderfully designed. It looks uh, very much like a like it's sort of chibi, um, you know, Chinese factory safety yep. pamphlet kind yep. of art. You know, very I- iconic. Um, it, to me, it, very it, clean. It looked like um, like uh, Machikoro on steroids mm-hmm. is what it feels like to me. That same it was like Machikoro, but pared down. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. actually kind of interesting. Less Machikoro. Yeah, that's like, an interesting which take. Is even more minimalist. Right, um, right. Um, it did a couple things really well for me. So one is, and we've talked about this as of late, as we've encountered more games that are doing this, the simultaneous turn taking is just so smart. Brilliant. Yeah, you're only taking turns in the market phase. Once you get into the dice drafting phase, yeah. roll them, just start placing dice place and do it. Do like, your own shit. And yeah. then when everybody's done, boom, move on. Uh, to, you know, Take your actions, move your dice around. You can place your dice on a standard board, which will give you more power or, or more uh, metal or more power. Which is uh, super high quality too. Oh, uh, yeah. They have the layered cardboard, so you've got a dice little dice divot inset for each of your things. There's also an interesting doubles bonus. Like so, if you place a die on your basic action, and it's the same number as another die, you'll get the action of both dies plus an extra. If you place all three and they all match, you'll yep. get additionals on top. And there's also buildings you can get. Like if you get a straight, it'll give you this crazy good yes. power, but yeah. you got to get a straight on the die. Yeah. So one of the things that did well for me um, was that uh, the simultaneous turn thing. The second thing it did well for me, and this is something that I look for in Tableau Builders because I've been burned by this in the past. Um, when you give me a large stack of cards that I don't get to choose and that I'm then constrained when I make a decision about what card I'm going to take to build my tableau, if those cards don't interact natively or naturally, and I don't have the ability to go find cards in the deck, then I don't really get to build a tableau, right? I mean, there's no action economy, there's no action chaining in there, and that's what I'm looking to do. Everdell was is kind of the primary culprit here. To me, there were too many cards in the stack, so you were trying to build a tableau with cards that bonused on other cards, but... Oh, because yeah, and some no, of them would, like, trigger off one other card right. in this deck And you didn't know if it was coming up, and you didn't have a mechanic to go fetch it. Either. Whereas the strategy in Everdale is to take the 
farmer husband and the farmer wife and right. pair as many of them as possible because it's like yeah. 80 out of the 280 cars. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as compared to Fantastic Factories, where there may be some specific cards which bonus each other, it seems like some of the monuments, beacons, for example, bonus other beacons. Yes. But in the course of a 15 to 20 minute game, I think we saw three beacons come up. And then other cards, which... It's also kind of a shoot the moon mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Other cards which chain together chained together kind of indiscriminately with a bunch of cards that have similar actions. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of freedom and flexibility in choosing how your cards action chain together as compared to looking for specific pairings that may or may not show up throughout the course of the game. Like if you buy a robot, you just feed it metal at the beginning of your turn and it gives you an extra die. Like when isn't that useful? Like when can't that be part of an action chain? Exactly, yeah. Like it's just every card does something cool. Like or let you re-roll. So if you get a re-roll robot... That's not too super useful unless you get one of those straight things. And right. now you can more easily engineer, you know, your big power card. And totally. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought the game uh, played really mm. well, reasonably easy to teach, very easy to jump into. And given the amount of cards and the dice mechanic played super swiftly, I think we were through a game in probably 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah. The key to Fantastic Factories to me is restraint yeah. and in a good way, like, how much did they make on Kickstarter again? It was stupid. Oh, I don't like it was seventy k plus. Yeah, it was yeah. a crazy amount, and they're Maybe just 100K like hundred k plus. And like you could easily be like, okay, we're gonna do this expansion, we're gonna add this, and we're gonna. There were like two Kickstarter exclusive cards, and that's it. Yeah, like totally. They didn't do like fancy things. They they made some quality components, but they didn't go above board. The box is like small and you know very fits easily on any kind of shelf, and also the art is like nothing but what you need 160 like, grand yeah nothing yeah. can you imagine what we would have turned party foul into if we made 160 grand like oh. there'd be fucking duck figurines yeah, like seriously. it would come with you, a live duck you would all own like, actual waterfowl <laughs> yeah but they it's very restrained uh very slick very minimalist in the mechanics five minute teach if that if like that. super yeah. easy yeah um, yeah i i love it it's had we played more of it, it might have been higher on my fifty-two, fifty-two, and it was already way up there yeah, for being a totally late agree. Yeah. Uh, I made an initial list of tops things that I really liked, and then I had to sort of those which one of my top five, and it was it was on the tops list. Yeah, and I think if we play it more now that we have some freedom to play more, thank God. Uh, Fantastic Factories is going to move up my list quickly. So congratulations to Joseph. Uh, absolutely wonderful game. Totally happy about the Kickstarter for you, and we very much appreciate the quality components, the quality gameplay you've crafted. Uh, can't recommend it enough. If you can get Fantastic factories at your local flgs and or online and i believe that it's available now if not soon definitely recommend it and on that note we're going to grab another beer and we'll be right back caleb what are you drinking i'm gonna drink from new holland brewing the dragon's milk this isn't your granddaddy's dragon's milk though this is the reserve raspberry hibiscus uh, look in terms of in bourbon terms barrel of aged stout which natural flavors lines of beer that we've run into and we've not run into a ton of consistent lines but the dragon's milk stuff is at least interesting it's not always my jam right like i thought the s'mores beer was like okay i get it but there's some good stuff in this dragon's milk line and i've not had the raspberry hibiscus i'm interested because like I initially 
wrote Dragon's Milk off, not as a bad beer, but as like the 8-bit pale ale. That's just exactly like right. going for the nerd market that doesn't know what beer is. Or or going for the like, oh, you want a craft stout, but you don't actually want a craft stout. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is an 11% raspberry hibiscus bourbon yeah. barrel aged out, which is bold. Right. Uh, so no, let's see if it pans out for they've them. They've legit yeah. produced some great beers here. I mean, uh, I think we're actually going to have three of them on today's show. Um, oh, Caleb is... Caleb has given me the, like, uh, Zach Morris, like, this was a good nod. Like, he just stopped time and is letting me know that he likes what he's hearing. I think, like, the like the Dwayne, like, the, the gif, like the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that... Oh, man, that give me is... That. Give me that. That is... Give me that beer. Very raspberry. Woo! The, the hibiscus the gives nose. it some complexity, but you can't really taste it. But it's got that bourbon barrel thickness and viscosity, and it is just... Um, like a surprisingly good cough syrup. Like it, it's got the fruity, the fruity flavor. It's got some alcohol on it, but like yeah, it goes down smooth for me. Yeah, it was uh, this particular bottle was uh, bottled in March. Let me uh, let me tell you yes to everything except here's my wrinkle and it's your rating, so it doesn't matter. It tastes a little artificially sweet on the back end for me. Yeah, that, that's where I get the cough syrup. That's from. right. But yeah. like, it's not like a bad. Like, it's not like like oh man, it's not saccharin, man. Right. Yeah, yeah. I could pour this in some Sprite, make some scissor. Like, it's yes. it's like if I was gonna pick a cough syrup to drink, right? It'd be this one for sure. Like, no, I think you're onto something there. Uh, I think it's a four. Yeah, that's I think right. That's a four for me. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Had you said five, I would have probably taken some umbrage with that. Um, it's not a five. It's a it's a pumpkin flavored beer. That's not a pumpkin flavored. Yeah, beer. to be a five, it it's needed. a raspberry hibiscus pumpkin flavored beer. As that, you get yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. To it's be a, a hot, to be a frothy five, beer, it ugh, it needed to be <laughs> more stouty. Um, but but it wasn't. I mean, it, look, good but for the them. the light flavor on the stout um texture. Yeah, is is interesting. Drank very smooth. Yeah. Um. Hey, we're into God. What? Are we, oh God, we're doing. We make a pair now, aren't we? Which tied was tied number one for number one vote getter this week. Um, Stephen Lee. He's back, folks. God, he's just—he's the—he's the MJ. Honestly, he's the LeBron of question asking. If you've not listened to the Mix Six, we let our listeners via our Patreon vote for and/or suggest topics for every episode. In fact, we're going to have a number of listener-submitted topics for this episode. You too could get on the Mix Six podcast. Stephen Lee has almost broken the rule. Stephen Lee, the secret host. Yeah, the invisible fourth. That's podcast. what it is. Yeah, he's the other guy at the table. Yeah, Stephen Lee has asked. With American Thanksgiving coming up and the Canadian one just behind us, worth knowing Stephen is Canadian, uh, match classics of the Thanksgiving dinner with beer. So if you've not listened before, we make a pair, we, ba- we pair a beer with some other element. And in this case, we're going to pair beer with iconic elements of Thanksgiving dinner. So we're choosing four elements, yes, yeah. of Thanksgiving dinner. We did uh, meat, potatoes, vegetable, and dessert. You can be more specific from there. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Uh, depending on your family's Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. I love this. Uh, and I believe you were the one that broke out the individual categories yes. that we were pairing yeah. with here. Um, you want to start? You want me to start? I'll, I'll start. Okay. Uh, I'll start with meat. Sounds good. Uh, in America, it's typically turkey or ham. Yep. I hate ham. Right. I'm not much better on turkey, but I will eat turkey as opposed to ham. Let's take a brief moment also to shout out my wife, who last year for Friendsgiving made an honest-to-God turkey baked for four hours, stuffing inside, and it was delicious. Yes. Good for her. Amazing. Yep. Uh, That anyone would take the time to cook that is just staggering. I don't like anything or, frankly, anyone that much. Yeah. So good for her. Yeah. 
Uh, so with turkey, you need something that is going to wet your whistle because yep. it's probably going to be dry because yep. it's turkey. Yeah. Uh, but it can't have any sweetness to that's it. That's exactly Because right. that's going to be really fucked up. You need turkey. something that pairs well with savory. Uh, so I'm going to go with three Floyd zombie dust. Fuck. What? That's what I went with. Oh man. It's, it's the way to go though, right? Yeah, like it totally. Because you're eating turkey, which statistically probably isn't good. Like most of the time right. it doesn't turn out well. You want something that you can like actively mime eating with yep. and that's going to help you get it down. And if I have to eat a few bites of turkey to drink five zombie dusts at the table, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Totally. I will pay that price. Yeah, no, um, I think that's a good trade. Uh, that's interesting. So I also went with zombie dust for a different reason. Mine wasn't as much about height masking the bad turkey as it was. Pale ales just typically pair well with savory stuff. Yeah, I agree. Because it cuts some of the savory saltiness. That's part of where the IPA inning happened. Yeah. Is that it was so good for food and food got better in America. Right. Yeah. And and Three Floyd's Zombie Dust just happens to be the best of the best when it comes to that category of beer. Yeah. Um, It's also worth noting that I still have a six pack unopened hiding in a cabinet waiting for us to do something like this so that we might one day just have multiple Zombie Dustices. Yep. Maybe I'll save it for beer and review this year. I don't know. Who can know anymore? <laughs> what if we do beer and review and it's like, number one, zombie dust. Yeah. Number two. Zombie dust. Zombie dust again. Right. <laughs> number six. Oh, my God. It's, it's a zombie, it's a zombie dust. dust. Um, okay. I don't need to cover meat either then because I also went with three Floyds. Uh, uh, you can't? It's We make a pair. We've never made oh, a rule. Oh, okay. I thought it was a mock draft. That's I thought it was a mock draft. draft. All right. Sorry. That's in the mock draft. Sir. Um... Okay, let's talk uh, vegetables next then. And I need to unhighlight my vegetable thing, but I'm doing this on my phone because you see, I won't use my computer at the table anymore. Would you unhighlight my vegetable I can selection, please? Unhighlight your vegetable. Because any, I ruined time, sir. An, an entire computer thanks to spilling beer on it mm-hmm. one time. So here's a deep cut. Damn. Look at that. Look at that. So yeah. vegetables. Which vegetable goes well with that? Okay, here's my, here's my take you on this. You should probably say it aloud. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Here's my here's my take on vegetables. Um, vegetables are, are very much a side dish when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner for me, right? It's not turkey. It's not stuffing. Um, sometimes even a mashed potato can be the best thing at the table, depending on the mashed potato. Vegetables. I green, did separate potatoes out from vegetables. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, vegetables are, are often the last thing that I think about. And, and mostly what I'm looking for in a vegetable around Thanksgiving time, honestly, is a green bean casserole. And there, it's even not as much about the vegetable as it is the fried crunchy onions and the cream of mushroom soup. So so for me, vegetables are the afterthought of a Thanksgiving dinner. But that doesn't mean that they should be afterthought. We should continue to spice up the vegetables. So I want something that's going to inject some energy, some fun, make me really look forward to the vegetable course. And this beer shook me a couple of weeks ago when we tried it because it's a pilsner which is also an afterthought. <laughs> Something that I see and think, nope, had it. The also ran of beers. That's exactly right. And that's how I feel about vegetables at Thanksgiving dinner, except for the Russian River Brewing Intinction Pilsner aged in Sauvignon Blanc barrels with Sauvignon Blanc grapes. Man, all that Russian River shit was good, but the fact that they knocked a Pilsner out of the park A fucking like Pilsner. Is ama- it's like going up there with a wiffle ball bat and hitting an MLB yep. pitch out of the park. It's yep. like fucking phenomenal. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And so for me, I wanted something that would spice up and both speak to the essence of the Thanksgiving vegetable, which is the also ran. I think that's a good way of describing yeah. it. What'd you do? Uh, so I went for green beans. That's my favorite vegetable. Uh, and if I'm going to have green beans at the old Thanksgiving dinner, I want a celebratory doppelbach. 
Oh. A little horsey on it. Wow. Uh, Big Mama, boy. Mama Stokes yeah. makes a uh, makes a fantastic green bean. Does some uh, beef bouillon broth in it, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in the cooking, not in the green bean itself. Uh, but it gives it sort of a, a, a meaty flavor, savory yeah. flavor. I think a Doppelbach would go well with that. And I do like a celebratory. That shit was delicious. I wish it was not $12 a bottle. <laughs> that was a, that was an early five for us. Yeah, I yeah it's very good. It yeah. blew our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go, let's go potatoes. Let's go potatoes. All right, so here's my weird take. Which I can't list. call vegetables, according to my doctor. Right, yeah, like whatever. Even though the food pyramid says so. Right, did you even go to a school, though? <laughs> um, here's my weird take on Here's my weird take on Fry's potatoes. count as fiber. Fiber. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was, Just wow. Yeah. All of that was a lot. I mean, honestly, kudos to you <laughs> yeah. at this point. Like, <laughs> right. Fucking embrace it. Th- this is a Thank man, you, Ross. Right. right. Why can't you be this supportive all the time, all producer the Ross? time. I, I mean, you should know at this point it's more about chaos than anything <laughs> we else. Talked, we talked about a, a tattoo for you earlier. Oh, uh, yeah? I think a tattoo for is Caleb. Is it the solo jazz cup? No, I think a tattoo for Caleb would be will argue about potatoes. Uh, yeah. Like, that's something I like will we'll go to the mat for. He's a very yeah. meat and potatoes kind the of guy. The man loves a potato. Primarily potatoes. Into potatoes. Okay, here's my like weird take for yeah, pairing a, a beer with a potato. <laughs> um, I so a good mashed potato. If you can find one, mm. never let it go. Mm. Lock it up, marry it. What about gravy? Uh, sure, sure. And and honestly, here's the crazy thing. See, for me, gravy's uh mandatory for good. It's potatoes. not. It's not mandatory. It is. What color? A, brown. Uh, no, like. Gray, white? No. White gray. gravy. Yeah. It's got to be a cream gravy nah. for me. Fuck that brown shit. Not with your mashed potatoes. Yes. Biscuits, yes. Mashed potatoes, brown. Yes, it's Man. more decadent. I, I, with listen. turkey giblets? Yeah. Uh, okay, giblets. you're all wrong about this, and that's fine. I accept you mostly for Also, you got you leftover gravy for the next day for biscuits and gravy. Exactly. You're, no, you're planning ahead. Nah, nah, listen. Well, I mean, you ain't going to put no brown gravy on really. biscuits. The next day food for Thanksgiving is not about gravy, okay? It's about it's about the turkey sandwich. Uh, it's probably about the stuffing, which you're is You're not putting gravy on your turkey up. sandwich? But, yeah, but I'm What is wrong with you? Look at this fool, yeah. Yeah, well, and I don't put a lot of sauces on sandwiches because it's messy as fuck. Anyways, back to potatoes. God, no uh, sauces on sandwiches. Scrum. How do you eat leftover turkey without Where's your bathing it in a liquid? Mashed potatoes. That's the best part. Now you got a combo here. Uh, Get a little stuffing on that bitch. Okay. Um, I don't want I don't want a big beer with my potatoes. I want to enjoy the potatoes. And honestly, if we're talking about all this big beer at the table, I need something light. I need something easy to drink. I need something unforgettable. Hear me out. Hear me out. It's a fucking blue moon. <laughs> we do a lot of fucking big beer drinking on this podcast, and I am talking about a Thanksgiving dinner full of zombie dust and this Sauvignon Blanc shit. I want a white, tasteless carb, yep. and I want a brown, tasteless beer. That's exactly right. I, I want a break, <laughs> you man. basic bitch. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I want a break. I, w- I thought you were going to do a Boulevard Wheat. Be- uh. it, it was Boulevard Wheat or Blue Moon. Okay. And I landed but on. Boulevard Wheat has too much flavor. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I want a Blue Moon. Yeah. Little right. orange. Get that citrus in there. Uh-huh. Feel seasonal. Sure. I mean, you need that vitamin C. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's healthy at that point. Yeah. 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 It's a remedy. Caleb, potatoes? I also want mashed potatoes. Uh, I do like a good baked potato, but mashed potatoes is the staple at Thanksgiving because sure. you're serving a, a larger Because you have to amount. make a little lake with gravy. Yeah, and a good mashed potato is about gravy. the spices. 
yeah. in the potato. So and butter. what if it's not a good mashed potato? What if it's a middling mashed potato? How are you going to kick that up and not? What can your beer to compensate for it? Yep. What can it do to enhance if oh. it's already good? That was my thinking. So I picked a peppery a, beer. A producer Ross pick. Uh, I'd go with that pineapple ghost pepper cream ale. That sure was good. Give a little spice in oh, your yeah. mouth pre-potato. Then it's getting a little spicy potato in there, whether it was flavored adequately or not by your relative. That yeah. shit was mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. And what did we pour that in? Uh, oh, we combined it with something else. I forgot what it was. But it was good yeah. by itself. That was the, uh, yes, that was it the was. other thing. Yeah. Yes, it was. So, like, I did, and I also didn't get a ton of pineapple on it. It was very much the spice forwardness. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, no. It was a lemon basil cider. That's what it was. Yeah. That, was that was phenomenal. Good. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to dessert. Um, here it is. Look. Here you're probably getting pumpkin pie, right? I mean, I'm making some assumptions. Maybe, I picked a different pie. Maybe another, maybe an apple. You're getting a seasonally spiced pie, right? Yeah. So you're going to get nutmeg. You're going to get clove. You're going to get some stuff that is warm. And what I wanted is something that would cut some of the robustness of that spice with something a little bit nutty. Complimentary is what I was looking for here. I am obsessed with this beer. I don't remember the last time we had a beer on this podcast that I actively went searching for after finding this beer. Ethan Facet gave us this beer as a gift a couple of weeks ago at Best of Luck Beer Hall. We tried it on the podcast, immediately became obsessed obsessed by it with it. Uh, I went back and got more of them for this weekend so that we could play board games. I'm going to go get some more this next weekend to play board games with. It's the Mr. Brown Imperial Brown Ale. I've never had a brown. From Toll Brewing. That comes close. It might be like a top 10 beer in my life. Uh, And here's what it does well. First, it's a brown ale that is good, which is stunning (laughs) in and of itself. Second, it's an imperial brown, so it is a little bit more creamy, a little bit more rich than your standard brown ale, but it's it's brewed with hazelnuts, and typically hazelnuts are not used well in beer, I have noticed. They don't actually taste like hazelnuts. It tastes like artificial sweetness. Yeah. Hazelnuts are used appropriately in this beer to provide an honest-to-God imperial nutty flavor. Yeah, a counterpoint. Yeah, and it would cut through, I think, some of the, some of the holiday spiciness of a pumpkin pie or yeah. an apple pie, and I mm-hmm. think it would go really, especially given the consistency. It drinks super smooth. It's also 9%, so you have one <laughs> or two of those to round the night out, and things are going to get good. And it's dessert, so you're going to need a 9%. you exactly got to catch right. up. Yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, so I went in the same way, but it's an American Thanksgiving for me, right. which means dessert is where you go too far. Right. That's you're it. already full. It, it's already been too much food. Night's over. You should say no. You don't. You get the dessert, and then distress happens. Oh, big guy. What is going to make that worth it? What is going to make the pain to come worth the journey? Uh, so I'm going to go with a counterpoint. I almost went with a Mr. Brown, but I don't think it would counterpoint well, because I want a pecan pie on Thanksgiving oh, if I okay. can. I don't like pecan pie. I do like, I do like a pumpkin pie, but I want to go with pecan pie, but I want a counterpoint with that, but it's still sweet, still too much, still decadent. I'm going to go with a Banish the Ghost Rum Maple Syrup Barrel Aged Imperial Oatmeal Porter. That is a <laughs> gut clogger with some p- pecan I pie. Don't, I don't remember this. But beer. it is going to taste good. Hard five. We got it a hard five on it. Was this one of the ones that was a couple weeks ago on uh, Great Episode? I think it was a few months ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah. it's very good. Yeah. Uh, it is very, very good. The rum maple is going to be a good counterpoint to the pecan. And maybe it's a chocolate pecan. And maybe I just went way too far. Wow. And maybe you don't see me because I go into a bathroom for six hours and suffer for my sins. Wow. Uh, which Banish the Goats is appropriate. 
appropriately named at that point. <laughs> that's right. Um, so yeah, that's oh. that's what dessert is in American Thanksgiving, at least in my house. <laughs> right. There's some red-blooded patriots. End up, oh. end up with a hot brothy problem. <laughs> okay, on that note, we're going to get back. more. You're, you're converted. We're going to get more beer. Spencer, what are you drinking? Well, that was a mystery, given the the bottle uh it was not easy to determine but i think that we it's have pretty hammered it down it is a gorgeous bottle um unlike many beer bottles i have seen this is the beer artisanals la sirene praline from australia and so i don't think i got any of those words right except for praline and even there like i'm 60 percent on that one so australia it's i think a great la country. was right eh, maybe not in australia i don't think it was <laughs> um okay let me let me get this a shot. He's sniffing it. It's a it's a chocolate chocolate Ooh, you can Belgian really, you can style really chocolate. Smell the cho- By the way, he yeah. poured me some as well. Yes, so I did. Yeah. Uh, you can really smell the chocolate. Nope. Why is it? Nope. <laughs> nope. I may have turned or something. That may be the Belgian. The like they may be doing kind of like one of those Flemish style. Some Belgian beers are fucking goofy, uh, mm. and I mean that like they're sour. They get a little tart. <laughs> yeah, it's very tart. So you get chocolate on the nose. And then you get a little it smells good. Yeah, and then you get a little chocolate on the tongue, and then it starts to get weirdly sour. Like, yep, there it is. I think that turned. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him. Say it turned. You still gotta rate it, but ah, yeah, we got this as a gift, didn't we? At some point, There's, I it assume goes in gifts. the beer hole, and <laughs> then I don't know. What do you not understand about the beer hole event horizon broth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean the because uh, the gumball I brought that that's new that was f- recent that was fresh. I mean we've had yeah we've had fresh episodes that were like straight ones. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no telling. Uh, that was probably man. It feels natural to say it's a one because it's not good. Um, <laughs> that is how rating systems usually. Yeah, work. I gotta say one. I I don't want to drink any more of that. And I came I came to drink some beer. I do taste praline, but. Yeah, somewhere on the front, Not positively. Somewhere on the front, chocolate happened for a moment, and then it just got super weird and sour. Yeah. Um, so no, sorry. If, if probably you, not stored correctly. The beer hole is not climate controlled. If you yeah. give us that, and, and it's actually a it good does beer. say keep refrigerated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that beer is not for me at the moment. Definitely did not do that uh, until we put it in the fridge. Right. A little yeah. while ago. Oh, it was yeah. bottled in April. So yeah. yeah, it could also be that. So. I'm not going to drink any more of that. We're going to give you a mulligan Briere Artisanals. I was going to spend more time drinking beer today than I'm not going to spend now. So anyways, what are we talking about? Yeah, no, I'm good. What are we talking about? Uh, We are going to talk about an armchair director, something Friedrich has suggested to us. He has suggested talk about fuck the system up movies and armchair director. The new Joker movie comes to mind, but Fight Club and even Trainspotting might hit, hit the genre. Does the audience miss the point with these films? Just taking them as a call to arms for anarchy while the author is trying to get another point across? Or is it really a mega corporation releasing a film pushing for its own destruction? If so, why? Um, man, I kind of think it's none of the above. Um, <laughs> then yeah. You can answer that. Right. Um, We're above the law. We are. We are. Unsanctified. Somebody gave us microphones. Yeah. This it was is a huge mistake. This is, this is this like giving Ross Malort Treadstone Project. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a lot of those things. Um, I don't think 
and I, I don't, none of this sounds non judgmental. You know what I mean? So like, I'm trying to find a way to like walk it back a little bit. Um, I don't think that the vast majority of people who go to see a film like the Joker, for example, leaving think, well, let me use a, a more, uh, an example near and dear to my heart. One that I have seen, cause I've not seen the Joker dark Knight rises. I don't think people leave dark Knight rises going, man, the government's fucking terrible. Um, I think people leave Dark Knight Rises going like that. Bane guy seemed like a real asshole. Um, <laughs> they, they leave chanting. Yeah, right. Exactly. And <laughs> Usher, uh, Usher. right. Yeah. And and so I don't. I I think that uh, Friedrich, while he's right that there's probably a dominant theme in a lot of these films, which is the system is fucking broken, and your best bet is to get out or find a way to revolt. Um, well, I think he's probably right in his interpretation of what these things are trying to say. I think the moment they get funded by 20th Century Fox and Marvel and Legendary Pictures and DC Studios, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that the bulk of that is gone. Um, th- these are not side projects. These are not independent films with agendas outside of make money. Uh, I think the argument is interesting, and I think that people that watch those films, I think the return of the Dark Knight Rises memes in 2019 is funny, and it shows that people obviously understood the point or the argument, but I don't think that's why those things get made. I think they get made because they're going to make a lot of money, and they can cast people in them. So I think Fuck the System films are the same as superhero films or the same as Disney films or the same as Pixar films or the same as rom-coms. They get made because people will pay to see them, and I don't think that the argument matters all that much. Did we disagree on a materialist philosophy? I'm about to find out. Oh, God, we did just agree. Well, boom. How do you feel? Do you feel dirty? I feel great. I welcome you with open arms, comrade. Yeah. I feel a little Could we dirty. get the international plan, Producer Ross? Uh, sure. Is that a sound That effect? would be a thing you would do. <laughs> of all Please the things do. you won't play, that Please might be do. one. I'm not even going to yeah. sing it like I normally do when right. you do sound It may or may not be a Vaporwave remix of the <clears throat> international. I'll take it. Totally. 100%. Worth it. All right. Everybody wins here. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So... I can look at this from two perspectives. I'll do the non-Marxist one first because everyone knows what the Marxist one is going to be. We can end real quickly on that. The narrativist one is that you can make the rich guy the hero. It's possible. Like, you can make people root for Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. That's some heavy-ass narrative lifting. For instance, look at every villain for Batman. They have to be pants-shittingly wound-lickingly insane. <laughs> like, they have to be, like, genocidal maniacs when you're just like, well, I wish a millionaire would come in. And if you don't do that, you get Tony Stark, yeah. where about halfway through the Marvel franchise, you're just like, yeah. maybe they should just kill Tony Stark. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> maybe every everything was fine before him, yeah. and it, it just gets progressively worse. Yeah, but the... the, the um the line between Batman or Bruce Wayne and Lex Luthor uh, is at best a gradation. It, it, it is not a black and white division. Yeah. Um, Both of them have a lot of plans to kill Superman. Yeah, that's exactly right. We, we've exactly. made entire films where they have the same agenda. And so what I'm saying is like, you've really got to go for it on a Batman. Yeah. Villain. So like, it's some narrative lifting that not a lot of people want to make. And then furthermore, like, so there's that. And I don't I know that really doesn't talk to the Joker film because I haven't seen it yet either, but like Fight Club, Train Spotting. Like you can instantly get um, people who will go to movies for entertainment rather than having them shipped to their private theater, for mm-hmm. instance. You can get them on the side by giving them someone to identify with and has like real problems. Like uh, so yeah, if you know stuff about screenwriting mm-hmm. and you want to do well and make a movie that's popular, one of the things you can do is not make your protagonists in charge of the status quo. That's right. 
And if they are in charge of the status quo, that's heavier lifting to not be crap. Like, I, I think of like a film like Cloverfield. Like, I'm very sad that everyone got eaten by a giant monster. I wish I'd seen someone's perspective that wasn't a person who had a loft apartment staring out into fucking Central Park. But, but At which point, I wanted everyone at that party to die. And I was at least gratified with that. But at that point, right, what you have to do is you also have to make that person in on the bit to satirize the status quo, which is why Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is so important. Yeah. Because as Bruce Wayne, he spends the bulk of his time acting like acting like a lush to show you how ridiculous the status quo Which really is. Which is a meta. Like yeah. and like I said, it's not impo- it's not impossible, right. but it's harder lifting. Yeah. And so the fact that a lot of movies, despite the fact that they come from a corporate oligarchic status, are like Let's make Katniss Everdeen the hero. Right. Like she's she's from a coal mining town. Yeah. That's not that's as old as propaganda. Yeah. Like that's just st- solid storytelling. Oh, like, you read Joseph Campbell. Yeah, you've oh. acknowledged that archetypes exist. Right. Congratulations. Like that that's not difficult. Yeah. The whole like mega corporations making films to uh, destroy their own ideology. Yeah, because they know it's not going to do anything. Right. Like yeah. M- Marx himself said, there's such a thing as symbolic resolution. The bourgeoisie will use every aspect in their power to stay in power. The entire superstructure, religion, everything they have. One of those is media. uh, And this is like Gromsky and stuff too. Symbolic resolution will be a resolution of class struggle in symbol only and in no way changes the material differences Mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. If you watch The Joker and be like, yeah, okay, it's pretty woke. It's about class. That's cool. And you think we solved something. Right. Congrats. It worked. (laughs) Like, like, and I'm not saying that's even what the filmmaker wanted. Um, I don't know. He made Hangover, but I I don't know what his politics are. But I know that's definitely not what the producers wanted or the studio wanted. No. And that's not what happened because they made a bunch of money off of it by Mm -hmm. farming outrage. And then it came out. And much like Fight Club, no one's going to blow up a fucking credit card company. Train spotting. We're not going to all get... Well, we are addicted to heroin. Maybe, maybe well, tra- not, okay. Not all of us. Maybe train spotting worked, but aside from that, the right. other ones are pretty much token gestures, symbolic resolutions of a class conflict that doesn't lead to anything. So, like, yeah, they 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 know there's not going to be a paradigm shift, right? No, Joker was a safe bet. Uh, now here's the thing: one day, if there is a paradigm shift and material things get bad and dystopian enough that people actually rise up in a resolution there's going to be a burn the system down movie that came out at the same time and that's going to be deeply funny to watch because mm. either they're going to be like oh the irony is they get guillotined or they're going to try and pretend that they were the ones that meant it despite yeah. this right hundred years yeah, totally <laughs> of aping class struggle they're gonna be like no we were infiltrating the ranks right totally don't kill me, and yeah. then they drive off in a Lamborghini. Yeah, I, um, and I'm not. I'm not about diminishing the transgressive act of a film, uh, especially not not even a film produced by a large company. But but Joker isn't it? But but Joker <laughs> and Fight Club, uh, the, these are not those things. Yeah, and so um, no interesting question though. I appreciate the appreciate the thought, Frederick. And on that note, more beer, more talking. We'll be right back. Caleb, what, uh, what's that? I'm going to do another one from New Holland Brewing. It's a theme. Also Dragon's Milk. Hey, you. I am uh, full of Dragon's Milk right now. Oh, the Dragon's God. Milk Challenge. 
Is it brothy? It's hot and brothy. Hot and frothy brothy. and brothy. Ugh, frothy <laughs> and brothy and hot. Ugh. This turned into a Letterkenny sketch. Anyway, I'm going to drink New Holland Brewing Dragon's Milk Oatmeal Cookie, which is a bourbon barrel aged stout with cinnamon, raisins, brown sugar, oats, and vanilla extract. I like how they listed all the ingredients that are in an oatmeal raisin cookie, right? With the exception of raisins, yeah, um, and alcohol. No, raisins yeah. are on there. <coughs> yeah, raisins are on there. Oh yeah, raisins yeah. are on. Yeah, yeah, they just gave you the recipe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. Um, we had this on Saturday for the first time. I remember thinking at the time it was too sweet. I believe it's the vanilla extract with all that other stuff. You don't need it. Like you don't need vanilla. You have yeah, all. Yeah, I don't that get. Other stuff. I don't get raisin. Right. I get vanilla sweetness. Yeah, it's a three. It's yeah. not bad. Like who hates vanilla? Right. But it's, but, it, but it's too vanilla. Yeah. I, I I had more than one. I I would have more than one again. Yeah. But I'm not going to like go out of my way and buy it at the store. It is eleven percent. Uh, I bought a four pack. It was seventeen dollars. Probably a little high. Definitely a little high. Even though it's eleven percent for quantity that is its own quality. Yeah. Well, no, that's sure. Um, I do think that maybe the Dragon's Milk line does have a tendency to be a little too sweet, and so far we've got two examples of that today, but we've got one more left to give it a shot, and I'm very excited for that one. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Hey, we're into... Is this Mock Draft? No. No. This is Ask Mix 6. Yep. And Adrian B. asks, what are you most looking forward to this fall? What a pleasant question, Adrian. I fucking Thank love you. fall, by the way. It's a good... Good ass season. I think it's it's my favorite. I would say I would say that I'm fall, gonna miss it when it turns into Mad Max Hell World. Yeah. So like Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got we got a solid four days of fall and now we're getting snow. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how it is to live in Springfield, Missouri. What are you mo- Caleb, what are you most looking forward to in fall? Um, I'm gonna do a, a tiered system. I love this. Because we're nothing if not methodical in this fucking totally podcast. Structured. Uh good leather jacket. Really? I need a new one. I need a new leather jacket, and there's nothing quite like a good leather jacket. So that, this is the year. That is lined, uh-huh. but it's 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 warm, but it's not hot. It's not a coat. Mm-hmm. You can go out in super cold weather. It's mm-hmm. good for fall, yeah. but it's got it's got the weight. It's got the armor of it. Yeah. Good leather jacket, solid. Huh. There's only a few months out of the year you can wear it, but you're happy when those months come. So. Uh, let, me, let me take a shot here. I'm really excited for a crisp fall air. Yeah, yeah. Nothing feels better to me than walking outside in the morning. And it's not cold, but it's chilly. But the air just feels different. You have to understand if you don't live in Springfield, Missouri, and this may be true of the Midwest generally, but it is 270% humidity <laughs> nine months out of the year, <laughs> which means when you walk outside, you're breathing in actually just like a, a small cup of water every time. It is punishingly oppressive. In the We've got gills behind the ears, yeah. like Kevin Costner in Waterworld. That's exactly right. And so to walk outside and just to breathe something that feels like oxygen <laughs> is such a gift in the fall. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'm going to go with, so I got my leather jacket on. Right. Fall's a good time for late night walks. Oh, totally. Good, love a good late night walk. Uh, got my leather jacket on, feeling good about that. What I need for that fall late night walk is creepy leaves. Mm-hmm. Not just any leaves, all right? So it can't be wet. Mm-hmm. Can't have rained recently. Mm-hmm. It can't be weighed down with water. Furthermore, you need some wind going because mm-hmm. you need them clacking against the asphalt. Yeah. Creepy leaves on a late night walk with the... Oh. oh, man. Nothing's better. 
Nothing's better than a late night creepy leaf. Interesting. Walk. Yeah. Is this a Stokes term? <laughs> creepy leaf. Yeah, creepy leaves. Okay. I don't. I don't know how you would describe them. They're dry right. and they're windswept. Yeah, yeah. And so when they when they move along the road, they make. But a noise. they got to go on a road. Yeah. To make the percussive sound, it's yeah. not the same across a lawn. Right. And it's got to be creepy. And you, no, you're in it. your leather jacket. You feel like a fucking noir character. Damn. Like you're out patrolling the streets. You are. You're Archie here. Caleb yeah. is a 100% also about the aesthetic. He really is. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to admit it necessarily, but mm-hmm. look at him go. Uh, I'm going to stick with leaves a little bit, although mine are less creepy. I live on an old street with lots of old trees, very big trees. Many of those trees uh, took a real brutal beating the other day when we had a nigh tornado in the middle of fucking October in Springfield. Um, but I have a lot of big old trees on my street. And when we are in full fall swing to drive down my street and to see the orange and the red and the yellow and a little green, it's gorgeous. I mean, it, it's idyllic. It's a painting. It, uh, it looks like fall. It looks like the set of Hocus Pocus, and that feels really, really good to me. So I'm excited for a nice painting-esque vision of my own neighborhood, thanks to the leaves turning. Okay. What's okay. third on your list? So um, this is where you just got to complete the aesthetic and lean right. into it. <clears throat> Creepy leaves, leather jacket. I don't smoke. Um, I'll occasionally do a hookah, hookah but I, I do not smoke mm-hmm. tobacco products, with the exception of I will have like a cigar, maybe two if it's a good year, in a year. And it's almost always in fall. Yeah. Because there's something about the clean air of fall that you mentioned previously Yeah, with a very particularly spicy cigar. Yeah. So it's late at night. You got creepy leaves. You got your leather jacket on. You light up a cigar hmm. on your watch. You're out solving fucking mysteries. You really are. You are out My journeying. God, Scooby-Doo. And the, yeah. You're, you're a noir character. There's nothing quite like it. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'm excited about, uh, I'll stick with the clothing theme. Last year, I started experimenting with vests, and I'm a big fucking van, <laughs> fan of vests. But can, here, you, can you find experimenting with yeah, vests? Yeah, totally. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a bigger boy. And so to find a good vest... Um, like a three-piece suit vest or just no, like no, a no. vest by itself? Like an, like, LL, sort of... like an L.L. Bean vest to throw over a... a, a oh, a, like a poofy vest. Like an outdoor vest. Like yeah. a Gore-Tex yeah. vest. Well, like a Gore-Tex maybe or um, like a Patagonia vest. Nylon, For a second, right? I thought you were like a bad guy in Point Break. Just wearing no. a vest Well, and, and I'm not like else. a construction not worker. Not a tactical vest. <laughs> no. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Point Break, you're just wearing vests. Like, yeah. Every 90s That's, gang member would be in a vest just and nothing else. Vest. Well, it's either tactical or leather. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's neither of those. But yeah. I mean, like, you throw on a nice button-up, right? Like a plaid button-up. And then you throw on, like, a like a light brown L.L. Bean vest over it. You got yourself a fall aesthetic right there. And and you're not too warm, but you're not too chilly. They I d- insulate I well. I do like a vest, but I run into so many issues. Exactly. It's pitch perfect. Exactly. Like, my arms are freezing, but my titties are hot. Right. It, my core is too warm. This is the value of fall. Oh, yeah. That see, when it's when it's yeah. nice and chilly out, I'm you can throw a vest hoodies. on. Well, see, and hoodies were... Zip-up hoodies. As, as I wear a hoodie. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the zip-up hoodie. The trick is, so like in a business casual yeah, setting, yeah. you can get away with the vest and button-up shirt... And it's still comfy. It feels like a hoodie. The Patagonia look. But it also, oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's, that's right. It's business vest. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly kind right. Of, kind of surprised neither of you mentioned the visual clarity of fall. Like, you know, in summer, you look out in the distance, it's a lot hazier. But like in fall, when you look at the trees out in the distance, it's perfectly clear. 
Like I didn't mention that because I've never thought of it. Okay. It's, have you have you seen the thickness of my glass? Nothing is ever perfect. Right. Clear. Okay. Like, right. I, I don't mention the visual clarity of most right. things. How do you? How else do you feel about your visual privilege, Ross? Do you at, think that influences your life? At best, you're way? all like all three of us wear. At glasses. best, your impressionist paintings. Yeah. And then it gets worse from there when yeah. I take them that, off. Like, don't blame your optometrist on me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do think it's an interesting note, and now now I'm going to be on the lookout for it when yeah. I walk Murray in the morning. Yeah, compare just the summer, like, you, I mean, you talk about humidity and stuff like that. I mean, compared to summer, you're right. like, yeah. Uh, also, the pollen is down and, you know, compared to No allergy, low yeah. allergies. Yeah, yeah. The ability to open up my fucking house has mm-hmm. been beautiful. Yeah. For the three days that uh, I got to before. Screw Christmas. that. I will be walking around at night narrating my case to myself until I come to a breakthrough. And you'll Smoking be able to see in the distance. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, we got two segments left. We're going to grab a beer and we'll be right back. Spencer, what are you drinking? So this is from Batch Brewing Company. It is Antwerp's Placebo, and it is a Belgian dark strong ale. It's 14.3%. Motherfucker. Damn, that's like 2% less than the... Yeah. Yeah. Nigh illegal one we had the other day. Yeah, and and they have a they have a whole categorization system here on the back, letting you know what the ABV is and the perceived bitterness. The body is described as luscious. So aged in port barrel barrels for twelve months, dark brown fruit flavors coupled with barrel tannins brewed with raisin molasses. Best enjoyed at cellar temperature, which this is probably not. So we're gonna give it a shot. He uh, this, yeah. is drinking it. I uh, I have some as well. So. Ross is also drinking it. I am not drinking it because I am talking. Or maybe I am drinking it and I'm that skilled. You're not that skilled. Wow. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to intimidate the listeners. Well, that's... Yeah. Maintain um, that fiction. It's certainly, it's certainly a, a Belgian. Yeah. Um, it's, it's certainly, certainly a stout. got a lot of alcohol. Yeah. yeah. In the nose. Yeah. <laughs> right in the nose. Just from the sniff. It is a strong ale. I agree to that. I don't know that I that I like it all that much. No. 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 It it seems to have done what it said on the 10 though. After having hawk moth yeah. and like this yeah. has alcohol in it, yeah. like right. I exactly. can't go back to something that's 14% that tastes like it's 14%. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it's turn though. I think it's No, I just don't I just no, don't, I just don't think it's for great. It. No. Yeah. It doesn't taste bad. It's just meh. It's just fine. I mean, I, I think in terms of Belgian ales, yes, it is. I mean, it's probably a three. Um, if you made a hard argument for a two, I'd go, yeah, okay. I get that if this you're not your style, that's not going to be. But I, it's fine. I'll drink the rest of it and be uh, good and sullied about it. It'll get you drunk. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> in fact, we're about to it's test that hypothesis. It's got a bit, of, a, a bit yeah. of an aftertaste. I don't really care for it's it. Not cr- but I think a lot of Belgian, dark Belgians in particular, have this very yeah. aftertaste. Mm. So I, I think it is in line with the I do style. think the last one turned, but like the tartness, <laughs> yeah. you do kind of get that out of 100. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Um, okay. Uh, we are into Mix 6 Mock Draft. And Omar Amdor suggests plan the best slash worst bachelor party for producer Ross. And you're not bound by time, money, accessibility, even mortality for your picks. 
This is a big guy. This is a big one. This is a Can we just have a batch of guillotine the rich for like six hours? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, I'm that's, down. That's yeah. I mean, if we're not bound by anything, I want to make a memorable one. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, okay. That would be memorable. Yeah, yeah, but it's not my choice. I'm not the one planning this party, obviously. Can you imagine that if that was the big reveal of the hangover? Like yeah. they all woke up the next day and then they, they programmatically traced their steps back and they were just... They were just guillotining rich people. Yeah. Like, what a fucking weird movie. That'd be the Joker. <laughs> then you have the Joker by yeah. Todd Phillips, same director. Boom. That the two steps there is what I was able to make. Um, so here's what we've done. Caleb and I are both going to pick locations that we're going to take you. Travel or like how we're going to get there. That's how I interpreted that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, a special guest. And then three activities that you would have during your video or your bachelor party evening. Okay. Uh, you want to start? You want me to start? You go for it. Okay. I'm going to start with travel. Is that okay for you? Yeah. Which I have interpreted as how we're going to get there. Okay? I, I will interpret it the same way. Okay, great. So here's the thing. My initial thought was, well, travel sucks. Uh, so let's just like zap, boom, be somewhere. So TARDIS, some bullshit like that, right? But then I remember that you kind of like traveling. Like you're okay with that stuff. And then I thought, what is going to maximize the amount of fun? So I'm also imagining that the three of us are going on this trip. I should set the stage appropriately here. Um, what is the maximum amount of fun that we could have traveling? And I thought, okay, uh, we rent one of those big fucking like class A RVs. Somebody else drives it. We need somebody else to drive it because we definitely are definitely a chauffeur. Yeah, definitely yeah. a chauffeur. We're just going to stock all the fucking fives we can find throughout the history of the podcast, and we are going to road trip to said location. Is the chauffeur cool? Oh, yeah, definitely. Is he cool? Here's what he is. He doesn't ask questions. Or her cool. She can be cool, too. Right? Sure. She just needs to be cool. This person doesn't ask questions, mm-hmm. stops when we need them to stop, and I feel like Ross is going to be a stopper. Like, where I'm taking us, you're going to want to stop along the way for the Americana, at the history night, of the whole thing. At night, do they get after it with us? If we want when them to. Off the, when if they're we off want the to, clock? But they don't linger. They're, okay, all right. All They're right. not lingerers. Right. They clearly recognize what's the name of the of the chauffeur. Yeah. <sighs> oh, I want to be gender neutral here um, because I don't, you know, I don't want to paint a picture. Um, Tori, Pat- Patty, Patty. There we go. Yeah, could be either way. Patty, going yeah. for it. Yeah, totally cool. Totally cool. <clears throat> Patty, the chauffeur, he or she is really cool. Great driver, no issues. But we stock a fucking RV. Big ass table, big ass fridge with a bunch of fives. And then we can play board games on the way. We can get drunk on the way. We could do some t- tabletop RPGs. We could throw a Nintendo 64 on the on the television. Mm, that'd be good. And we just get to do this for an extended period of time while driving through America. So that was my travel suggestion, RV. Caleb? That's pretty good. Uh, my travel is going to be a freighter. Oh. Not initially for passengers. Con- container use. style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just some hard-ass merchant sailors on it. Because I know you're down for the story if you're traveling. It's it's a Ross Payton bachelor party. So we're going to take a slow freighter uh, on our trip uh, across the ocean. Uh, maybe we'll get attacked by pirates. Who knows? Right. We're going to be playing board games the whole time, yep. drinking the whole time, yep. partying the whole time. Uh, oh, laser tag on that one. Laser tag, Definitely. like a motherfucker. Whole freighter laser Captain's going to be okay with it because it could be training. Because again, pirates, a risk. Captain uh, Patty, probably. Yeah, Captain Patty. Um, 
seen a lot of shit over the years. <laughs> seen uh, some stuff. And uh, we're going to have a story by the end of it, by God. But yep. we're, we're taking a uh, a cargo freighter. Remember that one time we played laser tag on a freighter? Yeah. God, what a That's a, what a, fi- that's a fucking story exactly. right yeah, there. We're yeah. talking about the content. Hey, do you ever do the opening level of Call of Duty Modern Warfare for real? Right. Like, because yeah. yeah. I did. Yeah. All right. Where are we going? You go next with location. It's got to be tasteless. It's got to be against <laughs> taste because wow. it's a Ross Payton bachelor party. <laughs> it has to be an affront to anything that might be called sensible taste. Yeah. It's got to be Akihabara in Japan. We we have to go to the most neon vending machined insane place on the planet. Uh, and I think he'd be down. I, I You'd be down. Oddly. I've been there before. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, there we go. I, I had the exact same idea. <laughs> I just landed in a different spot in the yeah, world. Yeah. Remember, I'm RVing. It has right? to be tasteless. I mean, RVing is pretty tasteless. Yeah. Storing in the cargo container for freighters pretty tasteless. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and so I've picked Reno, not Las <laughs> Vegas. Not Las Vegas, which is not money tasteless. Good. Yeah, I've picked the worst version of Vegas. So Reno, Nevada, where tasteless goes to die. And I thought, we're going to have a blast there. Because not only will you spend the entire time talking about how wonderful all of the signage is, because mm-hmm. it's explicitly non-wonderful, <laughs> we'll also be... Robert Venturi would uh, argue with Yeah, you. he would. We'll also be in the <laughs> middle of the fucking desert. And you will spend the entire time about talking about how fucking clear it is to look out onto the sand dunes or some goddamn shit. So there's also, uh, I believe, a, a firing range there that has a, cla- uh, uh, a license that allows them you to so that they have fully automatic machine guns you can rent and fire. And we'll do that then. Yeah. Yeah. That seems smart. <laughs> after, after we've been in an RV all day drinking beer. Yeah. Let's go to the machine gun shooting. Yeah, definitely. You have to fire off a belt or two. OK. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. <laughs> OK. So RV to Reno. Who's your special guest, Caleb? Again. Who is going to make the most tasteless affront to the idea of a bachelor party ever? Right. right. John Waters. John Waters oh, is there yeah. partying with us. Oh God! He's in got t- a weird in Tokyo. Mo- in Tokyo, <laughs> yes, yeah. it's gonna be. He's we're gonna- not gonna be able to talk about it. That's the best part about it. It's gonna be a story that is ours. No one could share because John Waters did things that were probably crimes, probably just outright international crimes. Definitely crimes. Yeah, definitely crimes. Uh, but John Waters is there. There are drugs they don't even have names for. That and we're going to do all of them <laughs> right. with John Waters. Yeah. And he's going to be strangely unaffected. He'll be normal. He'll get more John normal. John Waters is our DD, yeah. basically. And by God. DD, I mean he's done a bag God. of DMT before right. we arrive. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. All right. So here's my pitch for the entire evening. I wanted to mm-hmm. bundle a special guest mm-hmm. with three unique activities. Think of it as a progressive dinner, one leading into the like next. Fucking Christmas tale. All yeah, of a sudden. that's exactly right. So we remind you, we've rented an RV. Mm-hmm. We've driven to Reno, Nevada. Mm-hmm. We are literally in the middle of the desert, surrounded by icons to tastelessness, mm-hmm. and we're going to spend an evening with Slavoj Zizek. <laughs> Fuck yes! Yeah, a whole god, evening. a night in Reno with Slavoj Zizek. Yeah. Please. And wait till you hear Dear the three Penthouse. activities in a row that we're about to participate in, because this evening gets fun. Okay? Can I go activity one? Okay. All right. You can go activity one. Okay. Activity one. Here's the thing. We need to 
of all the stuff we're doing here, we need to lean into the bachelor party a little bit. And so uh, to, to a little bit, a little bit. So to uh, wet the palate, should I say, we'll do a pub crawl with Slavoy. Okay, that's it. Just a standard pub crawl. We're going to find all the bars, and I'm sure the bars in Reno are I feel like Slavoy's life is already a pub crawl. Yeah. Just an international one that's been going on for years. Right. It certainly fucking looks like (laughs) it. Yeah, yeah. He's bearing the results of a pub crawl (laughs) physically. Um, We're going to do a standard pub crawl, whatever that looks like, in Reno, Nevada with Slavoy Zizak. Okay, so that's activity one. What's activity one for you? So we're going to start off our uh, Aki Harbor Adventure at a weirdly niche video game bar. By weirdly niche, I mean none of us have ever heard of this video game before, <laughs> and it may not be... Re- it never got ported. Mm-hmm. It never got like sneaky translated in some ROM or anything like that. It is a reference that everyone around us knows, and we are completely inexplicable to, because oh, I can't think of anything that turns Ross Basin on <laughs> more than like Doki... Akihabara Tattoo Girl right. 8 or whatever fucking weird-ass Japanese video game that no human on our side of the hemisphere has ever played before. Totally. Uh, and within an hour, you'd master it. Yeah, there'd be like <laughs> weird rituals for certain drinks that yeah. we'd have to observe that yeah. we wouldn't know what we were saying and like everyone would be laughing. We'd be down. Yeah, yeah. John Waters is there. He knows everything. He's giving us the lore because it's John Waters. He's honestly chill as uh, fuck. And then at the end of the night, we realized he just made it all up. He had no idea. He doesn't speak Japanese at all. He's not sure where he's at right now. That's right. He didn't know we were with him. Yeah. He was talking to two other people the whole time. <laughs> um, all right. So, so we've done a pub crawl with Slavoy now, right? So now we tell him, you've got 30 minutes. you got to go off on your own, man. Don't get fucking killed. Don't fucking kill him. Are we telling Ross that or Slavoy? Slavoy. Okay. Because Slavoy's going to come back, and for activity two, he's got 30 minutes to prep, prepare, and write a role-playing game scenario (laughs) wherein he has to use Reno as the setting, us as the cast of characters, and all of the bars we've just attended as major milestones along the path, and he's going to be the GM. So now that would be such a perverted role. Now <laughs> we're so playing gross. a role playing game drunk in Reno, Nevada, which we got to via an RV <laughs> with Slavoj Zizek, where he's the GM. Just you wait for activity number three. Oh, Caleb, activity number two for you. All right. Look, I know we hit some of your major joys, Ross. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be an RPPR bachelor party without being terribly planned. <laughs> to our detriment at some oh, point. No. Um, so, after going to the Weirdly Niche video game bar, we go to a terrifying, unregulated escape room. Somebody... Unregulated? Somebody, probably Tom or Aaron, signed some forms in Japanese, not reading them, that let them do horrific thing. It's going to be harrowing. I can't even say what... Words haven't don't exist in our language to describe Wait, what happens to you, us. You in just there. literally described a Japanese game show. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, maybe we end up on one. We don't know. <gasps> it's it, it's gonna go That's on way escaping. too long. We're gonna sober up. People are gonna start crying. One of us at least is gonna break There's and never trial. really recover for it. Yeah, John Waters is again going to be weirdly unaffected. Yeah, and uh, he just walks it's, through. It's, it. it's it's gonna be a trip through hell, a real night journey. I I hate if I hate to promise trap, it to yeah, you, yeah. but yeah. All Have right. you seen that clip of the game show where like they're in a room and then the like the ground opens up and like it is a pit? <laughs> it's a fucking saw level thing. Good yeah, Lord. no, like that. Yeah, but for us, yes, bespoke. Yeah, yes. Nope. <laughs> 
You think that sounds harrowing? Yeah. You've just finished a role-playing game with Slavoj Zizek. It's probably I taking can't even th- imagine. Probably taking three or four hours. You yeah. are wiped. Yeah. And some shit came up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, roundabout the second encounter, which was the second bar we attended, mm-hmm. like, now you're talking about some deep-seated shit mm-hmm. about that fucking fan in your garage. Like, we are into <laughs> it. We are exploring the desert of the real. Okay? Jesus. After the game ends, our third activity, we all get personalized therapy sessions, and Zizek's the therapist. <laughs> we have to explore the evening with just Zizek in the room, and we cap them off. Here's the bit, real bachelor party style, with matching tattoos. <laughs> all right. Which means if Zizek goes with the three of us, Zizek walks away with three motherfucking tattoos. <laughs> So Zizek's the link? Yep, yep, that's right, that's right. Like, my personal rule of tattoos is it would have to be something, like, personal and memorable for me. I think that a therapy session with Slavoj would be personal. And if he has a matching tattoo, then... I scarred Slavoj. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like... That's a good story. That's worth it. Here's what we do on the RV ride up. We all plan this deeply Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that when his three tattoos come together... It's something very embarrassing for It's him. like a Voltron of shame. That's exactly right. Uh, right. And it actually just turns him into Jacques Lacan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Power move. Well, wow. He's really into that. Yeah, totally. Everybody wins here. <laughs> I think we could convince Lavoy. Yeah. If that's the selling hey, point. Hey, man, listen, we got a real thing for you. But meet you in Reno tomorrow, 5 p.m. <laughs> no, he just makes a call out. Look, Jordan Peterson, you, it is, you cannot possibly match me in this. Can level. we drunk dial Jordan Peterson? Fuck yeah. That would be fucking great i'm yeah. surprised i when i did this in my head um and it went a lot of ways in my head in every one of those ways the moment i said g you were into that bullshit yeah. and and it took you so long to do the voice like that was either an odd amount of restraint or you were just in shock i can't tell All yeah right. i can't tell caleb final activity all right we escape and and not for lack of trying on oh, our yeah. captors' parts. <laughs> By the time we get out of there, it becomes very clear they didn't want us to escape. <laughs> so um, a certain number of us survive, however much is required for you to have a good time. I'm sorry, Tom. We, we arrive... <laughs> All right, you said it, not me. We arrive at what could be best described as a castle with a buffet of glorious Japanese food. Sake were being served. Um, at which point... We're, we're just harrowed. We're beaten down. We're scarred. John Waters has a chainsaw. We don't even know where he got it. But we're there. We're served like John kings. Um, and we're less like, and they're like, oh, you're late. You haven't arrived here. And they're like, oh, God, we just escaped from this terrible place. Don't you know? And like, oh, no, there's no escape room there. And either through the entire conspiratory like planning of all of the guests or because it was actually run by ghosts, no one acknowledges the escape room existing uh no one at the castle we go back there it's just an empty storefront uh it was full-blown fucking haunted and we just arrived at a lovely uh castle get a bunch of buffet and drinks here's what i really like about about this moment even john waters is surprised (laughs) (laughs) even waters is like well oh my god it's a you you may have touched the supernatural It, it may have been oni running that escape room or we just love you so much. So, we we endangered a game like Michael Douglas esque conspiracy <laughs> to confuse you. Either way, you win. And happy yeah. bachelor party. Yeah. Yeah. Something that scars me a little bit, I think, <laughs> I feel is appropriate. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can't come back the same. Yeah. 
I mean, at this, I'm at, I'm already at the level where Malort is funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So this. Yeah. Which is at John Waters like level. <laughs> That's the concerning bit here. Um, okay, those are Ross's bachelor parties. Feel free to vote if you'd like. Hashtag Team Caleb. Hashtag Team Spencer to vote for your favorite mock draft. And on that note, we've got one segment left and one beer to drink. We'll be right back. Caleb, it's the last beer, and you've now done two other Dragon's Milks, so why not a third? Before we get into that, it occurs to me that unregulated escape room is a terrifying phrase. Horrifying. But. There's literally a horror movie. But what is the regulatory commission for an escape room? I would have to think. They're all unregulated. OSHA? Shouldn't you be terrified of that? OSHA? You think OSHA does escape rooms? I mean, I haven't seen a handrail every, in an escape room. Not one. How many escape rooms have you been into, and why would two ADA okay. ADA? <laughs> Are they over any precipices? <laughs> well, they're in, in if Japan, they're good in Japan, in a deeply unregulated one that wow. may or may not exist. <laughs> Just illegal. Like, the regulations are the laws that bound all of us. I'm just saying, it makes you think. They're all unregulated, all right? They're regulated. They could do anything to you They have a fire code. Ooh, that's an important condition. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. That's good. All right, I feel better about it now. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, Anyway, I'm drinking New Holland Brewing's Dragon's Milk Orange Chocolate, which is a bourbon barrel aged stout with natural flavors. So here's the thing. I think when they say with natural flavors, they mean... Not extracts, <laughs> yeah. And when they list the flavors, they mean actual flavors, yeah. Or it's the reverse. I, I don't know. Like maybe the raisins were artificial in the oatmeal oh, raisin. Man, it would be hard to think that. Yeah, they it, said with raisins. It's one of the two. Yeah. The, the dragon. No, sure. The dragon has two heads. One always lies, and one always tells the truth. Yeah, no, um, fair. and it's usually about natural flavors. I want to so. see that labyrinth sequel. I mean, I like orange and chocolate together. Uh, he seems okay mm. with it. Uh, okay. He seems more than okay with it. He seemed uh, contemplative and then satisfied. I have never tasted anything quite like that as a beer. That's a big thing to say yeah. with your mouth. After 500 or so beers. It smells peppery. We're, we're getting... It, it is uh, sharper on the orange than you would anticipate. Well, I want to try this, too. <clears throat> more acidic than you'd think. It really... It cuts through the chocolate so much, it almost... Mutes the chocolate. Okay, here's my take. You ready? Yeah. That tastes like a blue moon with orange that someone <laughs> poured chocolate into. That's what that tastes like to me. Because I mostly get like wheat beer and orange, and then I get I some chocolate get the on the back end. Yeah. I will say that tastes like orange oh, juice that someone poured chocolate into and a blue moon, because I can't taste the blue moon. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's a four. I think it's a four. I, I, it's a four for me for novelty alone. It's fine. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested in what it has to say. I don't dislike it. I'm going to keep digging into it. It's not wow. my favorite, but it's not boring. And as we learned with fifty two and fifty two, the worst thing you can do for me, aside from being Klondike Rush, is boring me as anything. And I'm not bored with this. I bet I've never on, had anything like it. I bet on tap that beer is quite good. <clears throat> oh yeah, I'd yeah. give it a shot. I would think that. I would think that to be. The I'm going to finish this. So yeah. Hey, we're into Drunk Enough, uh, which is our last segment of the episode. And, uh, oh my, this is your question. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a listener submission. You're just generally curious about this. Well, Mm -hmm. then I'll let you, I'll let you read it all. I don't, I don't know if any of you have this. Or if it's just We're going to learn today. Uh, So, for instance, 
Sarah and I have a tradition. We mm-hmm. watch a scary movie, but not too scary because she doesn't like things that are too scary. Mm-hmm. So it was Cabin in the Woods this year. Uh, and we carved pumpkins, mm-hmm. and we carved some pumpkins. I kicked ass, got a sweet ass pretty cat. Pretty good, pretty good. Sweet ass cat and a yep. witch hat. Yep. And she did an amazing job with a ghost she saying did. soon. Yep. She did the letters and everything. It's fucking amazing. Um, And that's like our every year ha- Halloween tradition. And she was worried I was not going to do it. When I like came home, like pumpkin time, like I was like ready to go, and she was worried I was not going to do it because, according to her, I am generally a Scrooge about holidays. To which I said, "She's right, with the exception of Halloween, and I shall never be a Halloween Scrooge. I'm always going to have candy. The lights always going to be on. I'm always ready for them Spider Mans to kick open my door and ask for candy. Are, do you have kids kicking open your they door? Didn't ask. I would turn the light off no, if they're doing we were, damage to your door. <clears throat> we were fucking uh, playing a Halloween game, and the door just opened, and it was just a kid in a Spider Man outfit, and she said nothing. She just had her hand out. And we no, gave, she just grabbed candy from the thing. Yeah, we no, we gave her candy, yeah. and then she took the candy and just left without a word. I didn't see an adult. Terrifying. I didn't see any. It was fucking great. It was the, <laughs> that's Jordan Peele's new film. That's how it starts. <laughs> uh, she kills you later. <clears throat> anyway, I'm not a Halloween Scrooge, but I have admitted to being a Thanksgiving Scrooge, as you can probably hear by my enthusiasm for the food in the previous right. segment. Right. And I am definitely a Christmas Scrooge. In in more ways than one. And it's because I am a member of the millennial and I think also the Zoomer condition in that when the holidays come around, I am spending money I don't have. Right. I am going to places that I am not I'm I'm welcome but have not prepared for me. Like that's, I'm sleeping on couches, I'm sleeping on floors. That's the thing that I think gets you every year. We talk about this, we've talked about this every year for like fucking fifteen years. For me, the thing that always gets me about your holidays more than other people's holidays, including my own. Um, you you have to travel and split time on the holidays in in not necessarily the most comfortable settings, and I think if you got to do like a Thanksgiving just at home, yeah, you'd be the happiest boy in the world. Which will never happen, right? Exactly. Which will never happen. Right. And here's the thing: I have these Pavlovian conditions to, and things have gotten so much better. Like we stay with Sarah's sisters now. My parents bought us a bed right so we have a place to sleep right. that's not in a freezing uninsulated basement yeah i'm not making any of these things up before that we slept in a room that had a broken window like it was basically camping like i had these pavlovian conditioned responses yeah. against the holidays for a number of reasons like taking off work i couldn't afford to take off taking off time i needed for other things and that's like just basic holiday stuff. That's like the 80s movie. Well, I got to right. focus on the account. To go freeze. <laughs> to go yeah. get yelled at about my lack of job or like ang- angry about politics or something like I had these Pavlovian conditioned responses against it. But it, the thing is, is that despite all that, Sarah is still so into Christmas. Yeah. Like she is like movie child into Christmas that I have to fight that Scroogery. Am I the only one doing it? Or does anybody else feel like in the modern condition, maybe if you don't have your own traditions and it's not at your house, like that's the thing about like Clark Griswold. He at least owned the space. Yeah. You know, like, but right. I don't even have that much. No. So, um, I would say you're on the road. It's always raining or snowing and you're always skidding across the place. Yeah. uh, uh, I would say that I am certainly built for holiday scroogery, and I have worked my way out of it as much as possible. Um, so 
a couple of things to note here. One is um, Brandy and I, the last couple of years, uh, have either just taken time and stayed home, which is difficult. It causes its own unique set of problems. But like two years ago, we didn't go anywhere for Thanksgiving. We didn't go to my parents' house. We didn't go to her parents' house. Now, my parents live in Kansas City, which is two and a half, three hours away. Mm-hmm. Her parents live in Houston, it, which is which is frankly a much easier thing to be like, yeah, we're not going to drive to Houston tomorrow because it's, you know. It's, I have never been that distance apart. Though. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. always been. You have to make that right. effort. And so, so navigating, yeah, we're not going to come down uh, to to Kansas City to come Never up to Kansas City. Unspeakable, right? Was tricky. Um, it, it was a year where someone, and I don't remember, I don't quite remember who was unhealthy. Maybe it was my folks. Maybe it was us. I don't. One of us. I don't remember. Um, and we stayed home on Thanksgiving, and um, it was nice. Look, it was pleasant. I mean, we hung out. We uh, we played some board games. We watched football. We cooked some food. It, it was fine. But honestly, I wish we would have gone to see my folks because I enjoy the holidays. Like I, even though they're stressful, even though there's a bunch of crap, um, my folks living situation is not perfect right now for everybody. We stay in a hotel uh, away from them a little bit. A hotel with a dog is not great. Traveling with my dog is generally a nightmare anyways because he's fucking terrible. I didn't even get to pets. Right. Yeah. We can't travel, Splenda. We got to pay for a fucking pet sitter. It's its own unique problem. Yeah. Um, Murray travels like a shithead. He's unhappy everywhere. He freaks out at everything. He and gets he's basically the same way at home. Right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He gets he gets There's worked no up. Win there, so he gets sick. So I'm a day away from him having stomach problems the entire time we're traveling. Having said that, like I am a sucker for two or three days to sit around with your family and do nothing. And so my I, I love it once I'm there right. and I'm awake. It's like it's the condition. Every around. other part, yeah. like the shopping part, the traveling part, the sleeping part. Yeah. The, every other part's not great, and the family part's so great. It's right. enough to keep me going. But I can't get. I can have some poop pantsery. I can be a oh, real downer. Sure. Here's how we solve the shopping part. I don't know how to part. fight it. Here's how we solve the shopping part. You've met my wife. She starts planning Christmas <laughs> gifts in June. Um, I and find that its own flavor of depressing. Yeah. So 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 do I. <laughs> so I don't do it. And we've worked out a system over 13 plus years together now, which has worked well, which is she knows that I hate talking about Christmas gifts. Look, I'm happy to get people things. I think for the most part, Christmas gifts are wasted on other humans because it's too much or it's not meaningful or it's purely transactional. We've talked about gift giving three some odd years ago or whatever when we started this whole thing. Just give them money. Yeah. Don't give them gift cards. Right. Uh, certainly it's not, not to Bob that Evans. Thoughtful. Yeah. On the other hand, I mean, uh, finding a good gift is a really interesting challenge. And it I, is. I actually enjoy doing that. Oh, I'm shit at it. I wish I was better. If at it. you yeah. can do it, good for you. And Brandy, Brandy will do it. She'll put yeah. in the legwork. I w- and on other and sometimes you get a fucking cursed sculpture made of metal and with claws. Sometimes you get haywire. Yeah, yeah. You can just say his name. He's over there looking <laughs> yeah, at us or anyways. Every gift your father has ever <laughs> right. given. Sometimes you get a fascist coin that is the size of my head. <laughs> Who knows? God. Um, Okay, one way to fight Scroogery. At some point, I'm going to be at an awkward family gathering, and Ross Payton's going to text me with a thing that his father got him for Christmas. Always one and of my favorite parts of the year. And that is going to, like, yep. Santa's real, like, brighten up my fucking holiday right I there. Think so that's it. Maybe it's focusing on the positive. Focusing on what Ross Payton's going to Do you want to make predictions get. what he's going to get? I, I, I couldn't would, possibly. I would never. 
that would that would defy the spirit of the season. Because <laughs> I think there's a fifty percent chance he's going to get me a fucking uh, reptile of some kind. Yeah, I think live animal is on the list. He's um, done it before. So given given <laughs> where we are in the current American political climate, well, it's definitely a reptile. Like he would not get me a mammal. No. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I think he might he might get you like you know mammal like a bitch. <laughs> I think I think you might text us on Christmas Day having received like a key card from a Trump hotel. Um, oh come on! Yeah, give may, him some credit. Maybe like uh, maybe like a bullet spent in uh, you know like one of the Turkish raids. Uh, I I just I feel like you know in the demilitarized zone. Um, Those no, I, are both too recent. Like you gotta think. I couldn't know. couldn't possibly assume. Yeah, he that. did give him Barry Goldwater's T bird T bird fan. <laughs> yeah, T bird fan. Uh, so Father Coughlin's left molar filling. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the? Do, what, were we talking like a ten year window back? What do you think the minimum is? I'm thinking like Sarah Palin's coffee maker. You know what I mean? Oh, like where it's like. You're lucky if it's in the 20th century, you know, or okay, like yeah. past 1950. Huh. Well, that is interesting. Here's a piece of the Zeppelin. Um, Look. Here's the oh, thing. yeah. If that would get, be perfect. If yeah. he gives you a reptile, I, I I hope so, and I hope it's like a reptile you love. I'm also like 99% certain it's going to be the wrong type of reptile. Like, no, no. He's actually pretty good with reptiles. Right? Are you sure it's not going to be like... A, he knows a lot about Like reptiles. a giant fucking python you cannot no. take care he, of. I, he like, knows I cannot have snakes. That's why like my uh, brother's snake is not here. Okay. Right. So if, I if, think if you would, get a snake, I'm not coming back. Here. Well, I can't. My landlord specifically prohibits snakes. So Other he's going to be a okay. smart fucking landlord. So, wow. so he's going to be an appropriate reptile. Yeah, it's going to be... What I would th- be an appropriate reptile, Ross? Um, okay, so Maddie's mother... Uh, found- Are you sure we cannot aim the episode appropriate reptile? <laughs> Hot brothy audio. <laughs> okay, so a couple months ago, uh, Maddie sent a video that her mother took, which was of her mother finding a, an Australian blue-tongued skink, which is about like this long, about a foot and a half long, and she's just petting it, and it's just like the lizard's like eh, and like it's a lizard. It's so a, you're calling blue tongue skink? Yeah, on the basis. Wait, of does that. Leland know this? Yeah, he saw the video. Uh, okay. So, oh shit, you're so you your baseball bat's out. You're pointing towards the center bleachers. I think I think it would. I think there's a fifty. Oh chance. fuck! Let me, let me this is gonna be question. posed for nah. Christmas too. It's gonna be so good. When I gotta, it's not I gotta that. ask. I gotta <laughs> ask a question, and this is not gonna. There's no nice way to ask this question, so I apologize. And if Leland, if you're listening, uh, I'm sorry. He is not. Okay, I, he doesn't understand the podcast. Great. as a technology. <laughs> I've I've never perceived of your father's gifts as thoughtful, <laughs> just interesting or weird. They're thoughtful in a. Like it's a alien mindset. So the bl- <laughs> the the blue tongued skink seems thoughtful. Yeah, like he heard you say a thing. No, he just saw the video and then thought, oh, okay, well, I will get him a. I always thought of Leland as like a randomizer, but for every object that's no, ever existed. In no, humanity. they're very carefully thought. He, it, it's just like, why did he want you to have an Italian fascist? <laughs> or, or to put a fine point on it, Barry Goldwater's. <laughs> T-Bird fan. I think there is a sense that he likes him. Like, you're 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 thinking, again, about his mindset, which is what amuses him right, uh, for right. a gift to a certain degree. Is he amused by skinks? He is. Okay. Who isn't? Right. Skinks are great. Uh, I think lizards are generally disgusting. Wow. Well, generally, they're, there are exceptions probably. Maybe. They're nice reptiles. I don't care. <laughs> what you just said was stupid. <laughs> I didn't comment on them being assholes. I just think they're. they're I mean, blue tongue skinks are pretty calm. They're pretty chill. Yeah, they're, they're not going to bite you. Right. They have blue tongues. Right. 
that you've just described most dogs uh, without the blue tongue. Yeah. Like, calm, <laughs> wait, wait, not going to bite you. <laughs> Dye its tongue, and it seems like you got yourself yeah. like a like a more more amicable house pet. Yeah. I well, I feel it. like you guys have solved my problem. Get a blue tongue skink. That'll fight my screw dream, right? I mean, right? You, you can try it. Sarah would probably be into it. What should I name my skink? Um, Zizek. <laughs> yeah. Zizek the skink. That's pretty good. That's pretty Could good. Could he ride on my shoulder during holidays? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The Zizek. I don't know that Splendid. Ah. I don't know that Splendid would care for that. Just a just a lizard riding around on your shoulder. Eh, he's on my shoulder. You have no interest in maintaining the artificial sweetener uh, to think. So like equate. I mean, he's not a he's not a child of sugar tits. So right. no. Yeah. The, that was the, that, that was bloodline. The, yeah. That was the spawn of sugar tits. Yeah. That's no, a different bloodline. Unless no, he's a no context for that. Yeah. You get no explanation. About I what I have told means. the story of Splenda's heritage before right. yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is deep podcast lore. Well, that's interesting. Um, okay. Zizek the skink, I think, would be fun. Yeah, so get a skink. There, problem solved. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, we did it. Scrooge. <laughs> hey, if you've uh, been listening to this, we hope you enjoyed it. If you've listened before, great. If you've never listened to the Mix 6 podcast, don't worry. There's a whole hell of a lot more out this out there in the world. Don't forget to check out our vats backlog. Vats and vats of hot, brothy audio soup. Come on. <laughs> Uh, check out iTunes, check out your, or excuse me, Apple Podcasts, check out Spotify, any places you stream podcasts, chances are we're there. And if you want some of our behind the scenes and or special content, you can check us out on patreon.com. Yes, we have a Patreon page, we're the Mix 6 Podcast, where we have a ton of additional content available only to our backers. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter, at the Mix 6, Facebook, we've got a page and a group, we're the Mix 6 Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and YouTube, that's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com. Or check out our website, www.themix6.com. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast streaming app so more people can find us in the future. And if you've got suggestions for Caleb on how to be less scroogey during the holidays, you can tweet any one of us at HeavenOnGCal, at EgonZord, that's me, or at Ross Payton, that's producer Ross. We'd love to hear from you. This has been the Mix 6 Podcast. I'm Spencer. I am a blue-tongued skink. Wow, really leaning into it. So you've you've gone full skink now. Yeah, I've gone full skink. Be careful, you never go full skink. It's too late. This is the podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.